It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Good Saturday morning to you, Ashley Frasca, live in the WSB studio, joined by TV host and author Joe Lample. We're here to answer your questions for another two hours this morning. 404-872-0750. How could you forget the number? Joe, so glad to have you here this morning. It's great to be here, Ashley. It always is. We've had some head scratchers today, but we're working hard. We're both furiously over here on our computers, making sure that we... We are ahead of the curve here. And, you know, I was reading up on your book that you gave me a couple of years ago now, Over the Fence. Mm-hmm. And last weekend especially, I was really promoting to folks, this is such a good weekend and the weather's great. Folks want to get out, do things in the landscape. Yep. I'm a big proponent of take advantage now to prepare your yard for the spring, for the summer. I love planting new stuff, new trees, new shrubs. I mean, make the yard what you want it. Now yeah. is the time to do it, right? Now's the best time to do it. It's, uh, it's the... The soil is warm, which promotes root growth, and yet the air is cool, so there's no stress on above-ground growth. So it is, if there was ever an ideal combination, this is it. Plus, it's easier on us because it's not as hot outside, so digging that hole, you know, as much as we hate to do it, it's better to do it now than when we're in the middle of the summer. Absolutely. And I and I asked you, too, I mean, I always think October is prime, even late September, but that's still warm. But, I mean, I was fearful asking you about sweet shrub. You know, oh, what if I wait till the middle of November? I just think, well, it gets so cold. Oh, that's too late. But it's mm-hmm. not. You can plant, in Georgia, we're blessed with the fact that we can plant any time of the year. Really, the only time you can't plant something is in when the ground is frozen. But there is a better time than others, and now is the best time. And as you get beyond winter and approaching summer, that's the worst time because there's a lot of stress on a new a plant that's trying to establish. And the reason why it's good to do it in the fall with warm soil, those roots have a chance to grow and establish by the time it gets to be warm in the summertime, and so the plants have a really good head start. But that's not to say that we can't, we have, we, we're allowed to ignore them once we put them in the ground. Even this time of year, it's critically important that you continue to water them until those roots are established. You cannot ignore that. Give me some advice. So. You know, my honey and I going out to Home Depot or, or the big box stores, the local nurseries, getting a tree, whether it's burlapped or in a container. It's sitting in my yard. I have the post hole digger there. What do I do? <laughs> uh, I'm looking at it going, hey, John, you're going to do this. Uh huh. That's what you do. Yeah, that's what I right. do. And, then and you I go walk and back watch inside the game. and go do so. Yes, right. right. No, the sooner you can get it in the ground, the better. But uh, we're all guilty of leaving a plant out a little too long. Uh, but they're going dormant now. The deciduous plants are going dormant, so they're you know you you can buy yourself some free time. And but I would do it sooner than later for sure. And hole size is key. No one ever digs a large enough hole. We think that we want it just neatly fit in this nice little hole that we only dig about as big as the pot. Yeah. No. And and the other thing about that, Ashley, and you know this, is that you don't want to go any deeper, but you want to go two to three times wider. No deeper, because when you're digging soil out, uh, it can settle once the weight of the root ball goes in. and, And a hole that's too deep is much worse than a hole that's not deep enough. So it's better to plant high 
by up to a third or a quarter of the root ball than it is low because the plant can easily drown and more plants die from drowning than not enough water. Root rot and all. Oh, of that absolutely to worry right. About. But you always want to add mulch. So plant a little high, taper it down from the from the crown of the plant, and be sure to add mulch. That'll help keep the soil warmer and it'll help retain moisture in the soil. And you know what's interesting with with you hosting the show, growing a greener world. Mm-hmm. You stay on top of the latest research and the yeah. things that come out about you know maybe changes that gardeners have traditionally always done something one way, and then you find oh wait something's changed. So it was interesting to read in your book about backfilling the hole people want to go out and buy all this garden soil Mm -hmm. and amendments and all of these kinds of things what's your advice on that? don't do that Uh, it's natural and a lot of us grew up on the fact that we want to really amend that hole and make it as lush and wonderful for that plant to be happy in and it will be happy but it'll be so happy in that improved soil that it's not inclined to go into the unimproved soil, the native soil. The roots eventually are kind of going to hit the wall, They're going to hit the wall and Mm -hmm. are going to go, hmm, where do I want to go? I'd rather stay where it's cozy and cushy. Mm -hmm. But uh, university studies have determined that that is not the right thing to do. You simply want to backfill with a native soil because plants and trees will establish more quickly that way, and long-term they'll be better off. Even in this Georgia red clay. Even in the Georgia red clay, there's really nothing wrong with Georgia red clay. It's full of minerals, and it it holds nutrients great. It's so funny to get calls from folks who are not from the South, and Mm -hmm. they get down here, and they're like, what is this stuff? How do I plant in this? What do I do? And here we are. I mean, we're used to it. We know. But it startles some people when they dig it up, and it's bright orange, and they go, oh, no, this isn't dark. And I have to say one more thing while we're talking about that, as far as the roots. Uh, a lot of times we'll buy that plant, we'll pull it out of the container, and it's tightly bound from, it's called root bound, but those roots are in that circuitous pattern, and you've got to break that. If you really want those roots to branch out into new territory, you've got to slice it, cut it, tear it apart, as little as possible uh, to, to break up the pattern, but as much as you need to, to do it. So it's okay to go in there with a little garden spade, not just my fingers to really. Oh, I'll take a knife. I'll take, you know, the blade of a shovel spade. You know, whatever it takes to cut through. Sometimes it's really tough. And another university study up in the University of Minnesota, they actually did a thing. Their best result in transplanting was to do what was called a box cut. So they literally took a a pruning saw and sliced down. It made a box out of the root ball. They sliced huh. the edges off the round container until it was, you know, completely square. They cut off the bottom. They cut off the sides, and it was this cube. And then they would plant that in. They would compare that to other other trials next side by side, and they found that the box cut reestablished faster and had better long-term growth. Because so, the, do you recommend that? That's I do recommend it, it on especially on a, on a very root-bound plant. Definitely. Wow. And more more appropriate with a tree than a shrub. Neat. And so tell me, you know, we were talking Growing a Greener World is your television show, 49 states that the show yeah, is on. Folks yeah, can yeah. also watch episodes online yeah. as well. But how between that and the other speaking engagements you do, how do you have time to keep up with the research and the latest and the greatest coming out of extension offices and things? Well, fortunately, the the work that I do in media is related to research mm-hmm. on that subject. And that subject happens to be horticulture, which is, you know, I've grown up doing anyway. But uh, it allows me and my team, by the way, we're all kind of plant geeks and hort heads. So <laughs> we're always looking because we're personally interested, but it is our it's our trade, too, so it doesn't hurt that those two are the same. Right. That does help. That does help. <laughs> All right. Well, let's test our garden knowledge coming up, shall we? 404-872-0750. That is the number. Tom from Swanee called to get in. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Um, I have an infestation of doveweed in my backyard that started in July, August this year. 
and the um, lawn chemical company told me that they cannot treat that particular weed in the summertime because it would kill the, the Bermuda that it is growing through. Um, I've since gotten three or four different types of answers from different companies about how to treat this for, for coming back up in the future next summer and spring, etc. How long um, have you been noticing the dove weed now? Well, it was a small infestation last summer, but mm-hmm. this year it's taken over about 15, 20% of the backyard. And, mm-hmm. and just for some more background, there's, I, the yard slopes, so when we get a heavy rain, there's a, there's a washout that feeds into a creek on the other side of the yard. So there's, there's, a, there's a pretty good stream of water that runs across this particular area when we get heavy rainfall. Mm-hmm. So cure, I think the weeds are coming from that, from that, um, from that situation. And, and do you notice the dove weed more prominent in the wet area? Oh, yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. Because it likes wet soil. It loves wet soil. Is there any way that you can work on improving that low area at all? That's one well, thought. Um, I don't, I'm not so sure there's some okay. drains in there already, uh-huh. but when we get those heavy rainfalls, it just, it just, um, it could be a, a small stream that runs across a yard. And my next door neighbor has has abundant weeds in his yard. He doesn't treat it for anything. Yeah. Okay. Duckweed so, does so well with the wet yeah, soil right. because of that shiny, rubbery texture to it. Almost, it's just it really, prefers it mm-hmm. prefers a wet environment. But so so the advice that you've gotten, I assume they talk about pre-emergent control to to try to get ahead of it. There was pre-emergent, yes, but one of the things they, they told me that if you, if you do see it come up in the early, early summer, that they really can't treat it when the temperatures are above 90 degrees because the, the chemicals they use would mm-hmm. also kill the Bermuda grass that's beneath it. Yeah. So have you tried a pre-emergent yet, or is this something that you're going to try? I haven't yet. I mean, I, you know, I assume the pre-emergent they used last spring um, would have done the trick, but now I'm being told that because they apply it early in the spring, it, something else needs to be applied late spring yeah, or summer to it, take care of this this situation. Yeah, this is one of those weeds where almost a two-step pre-emergent, and, and this is coming from a guy who really tries to avoid chemicals at all costs. And first of all, just as a general rule, the best pre-emergent is a healthy turf, you know, no matter what kind of grass you have. And so promoting the health of your turf is the first thing. But let's be frank, you know, weeds are it's just a pain. They're going to come no matter what. And so the pre-emergent, especially in this case, would be the first line of defense, and it's probably a two-step approach, maybe late February or early March, and then maybe six to eight, six weeks or so later than that, and then keep an eye on it. And if you continue to see new growth, you want to nip that in the bud as early as possible. And as, the, as your guy said, as the temperature gets up there, it becomes harder to control that without harming the Bermuda, and that's why you need to stay as proactive as possible early on. Fortunately, you'll be able to easily see that over the Bermuda. But the seeds, that's the thing. You have to get it early because the seeds persist for years, too. Right. You don't visually see any doveweed above ground, but the seeds, I mean, that could take, Tom, maybe two years to really make sure it's all knocked out with just a constant application of pre-emergent yeah, and treating and, it as he sees it. And the longer you go without treating it, the worse it gets. So, Tom, give that a shot. Have your pre-emergent ready, like you said, Joe, in yeah. late February, early March, four to six weeks later. Start getting ahead of it that year. And then that, go out there and, and vigilantly look for the, any any actually emerging doveweed and maybe hit it with a little bit of Roundup, spot treat it, and that way you're isolating the, the herbicide onto the pest. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for the call, Tom. We'll be back with more of your lawn and garden questions. This is WSB. 
This is Scott Slate, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. The basics, it's a mix of sun and clouds, but no chance of rain during the day. Overnight, there will be rain. High in the high 60s and lows in the mid-50s. Stay tuned, Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast coming up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And speaking of rain, Joe, I was telling you, on Twitter, follow me at Ashley Frasca WSB. I just took this picture yesterday, I kid you not, of these bright orange mushrooms at the base of an mm. oak tree, this large oak in my front yard. Yeah. And here I am looking them up with you, and they are jack-o'-lantern mushrooms. How Go cool figure. is that? It's yeah. like a sign. What a coincidence. So I tweeted a picture of these really weird orange mushrooms in the yard. They are they are incredible. So follow me on Twitter. See that. A lot more about gardening, about traffic, about Herman Cain. I got all of it covered there. And Joe, where can folks find you online? You have a great social media and online presence. Yeah. Well, first of all, the website's a really go-to source because you can watch all the videos there, and there's tons of articles. And it's growingagreenerworld.com. And then Twitter at Joe Gardiner and Facebook at Joe Gardiner, you know, or whatever. Keep it at, consistent. Yeah, it is. It's consistent. I like it. Yeah. And so this is a busy time of year for Joe and for myself. Lots to do in the garden. So we are going to be taking more of your calls. We want to help you out. 404 872 0750. That's the number to get through to WSB. And also coming up later this hour before 8 o'clock, we will have the McDonald's weekend prize pack. Stay tuned for that. It's a good one. You're not going to want to miss it. And later on, the Bulldogs and the Florida Gators here only on WSB. Listen to the game live at 3.30 this afternoon, kickoff from Jacksonville. Ashley Frasca, Joe Lample sitting in on Lawn and Garden with you. This is WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 7.35 on this Halloween Saturday. Good morning to you. Thanks for tuning in to Lawn and Garden Show. I am not Walter Reeves. I'm Ashley Frasca getting to fill in for Walter one more time. He will be back next Saturday from Cuba. How exciting is that, Joe? Have you ever been to Cuba? I have not, although I've lived 90 miles away from it growing up in Miami, a little over 90 miles, but I've never been. I've always wanted to go, so I'm always envious when Walter's down there. He has this cool fascination with it. I mean, I think they, they plan a garden trip there once a year. Well, it's it's such a cool place because it's a step back in time. You know, I mean, how often do you get to do that? So many men want to go and see the old cars and smoke cigars. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, that's they do. the two things I think of, you know. Yeah. Boy, I totally had like such a guy weekend last weekend. I helped build a deck. I built a little fire in the fire pit, Ooh. drank a beer, mm. watched football. I mean, I'm looking at my husband going, God. you're either really ashamed of me or really hang out proud. With you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I was really cool having kind of a guy weekend. Yeah, weekend. you did. <laughs> so cars and cigars, that's kind of par for the course, I suppose. Well, 404-872-0750, that's the number you have found us at this morning. I'm joined in studio by Joe Lample, a friend of the show, sits in with us a couple of times a year, TV host, Growing a Greener World, an author as well, and 
and recently featured on the cover of Georgia Magazine. Now, Joe, I mean, really, I know you are just probably embarrassed as I'll get out, but <laughs> I was so proud to see this. And I mean, the timing could not have been better. Came in the mailbox, I believe, on Thursday, and I thought, huh, I'm seeing this guy live in person yeah. on Saturday morning. How cool. Yeah, it was fun. What was it like for a, a writer and a photographer to come out and do an interview on you? Uh, it's always fun. You know, I love that. Um who doesn't love to talk about themselves, honestly, you know? Yeah. So it's always asking you a lot of questions about yourself. And it's my passion, so I love to tell my story, honestly. And um, and to have it featured on occasion is really neat, especially when it's in your hometown, you know? That's, frankly, I mean, it's not all that unusual to have something that goes out in other parts of the country, but to have it where your friends that you live and know and have grown up with see it, and then they contact you, those that you've lost touch with, yeah, that's that's really where it's fun. That is so neat. People catching with catching up with you on yes. Facebook, saying, "I just yes. got your magazine. That's great." And yeah. you got to show off your awesome yard and and just the area that you work in. You do a lot of filming for the mm-hmm. show, yeah. on your property. We do. Tell me a little bit. How many acres are we looking at? What all do you have going on? So there's uh, five acres, and three of them approximately are a pasture for our horses and goats, but the rest of it is um. L- landscaping in process, as it always will be, because I say it's never finished. Well, you don't have a TV show if you don't have something to do on the show. <laughs> right, you know? and so we do. We feature a lot of that. But the the real thing right now is the uh, food garden that we put in three years ago, which is a large raised bed garden that if anybody ever saw our show Fresh from the Garden back on DIY Network several years back, there was a garden that was about 40 by 70 feet in dimension and it had 16 raised beds in it and i you know it was amazing we filmed three years of television and 52 episodes out of one rectangular space with a few raised beds so i've basically taken that and exploited that to the nth degree with bigger better beds and um you know it's at my place now so we use that a lot to teach people how to grow food and keep it looking good all the time because the pressure is always on you know people sometimes call you randomly and want to come see your garden or Absolutely. you're going to be filming there or something like that so uh, the pressure's there, but I don't mind because I spend a lot of time there anyway. So it's all good. But that's the majority of what happens at my place is when I'm not, you know, chasing animals. I'm working in the food garden or the landscape. Now tell me though, say you know, in the beds you've got collard greens. Let's mm-hmm. say so when you're planting all of those, as you did what just a month or so ago. Right? Oh, I'm always planting. Yeah. Okay. So what what is your preferred plant? Do you take some from friends? Do you get them from nurseries that you're familiar with? Do you try to propagate things on your own? What do you do? I love getting plants from friends because to me, those have the most significance because there's a little story. Even if it's just your friend passing on a plant uh, to you that they've just gotten or they want to try, and then I put it in my garden, and then I can talk to them because we have a connection. And well, how did it do in your garden? You know, and my friend Daryl Pullis has you know a few plants that she gave me that you know we all know, and uh, I got to report back to her how it did, and she got them from another friend. So anyway, it's oh, that nice. versus when you just buy it from a nursery, which is what I also do. Nothing wrong with that, but I love the the pass along plants. For and it, sure. it is. It's a, there's a social aspect in gardening too that a lot of us forget when you're actually in the heat of the moment working in your yard by yourself on a hot summer day. You mm-hmm. do. You forget there's camaraderie there and there's sure. social, you know, talking with friends and it's what we all have in common right now, listening to Walter every Saturday. Right. It's what we're all trying to do, trying to learn. And we learn from you as well, the callers. We hope to learn something from Miriam calling from College Park. Good morning. Good morning. What can we do to help you out today? Answer a question for me. We'll do it. Okay. Okay. I have been here four years. I have oak trees. This year, for the very first time in 40 years, I can't walk outside before I sweep the ground. Mm -hmm. This has been going on for a month. 
Mm-hmm. It never stops. But so, it will. <laughs> it's just maybe not until all the all the acorns are gone. Well, yes. Yeah. I, I keep wondering when that will be. Well, the good news for you is that once they're uh, depleted, they probably won't be back next year like that because these trees, nut trees, are cyclical in that they have like an on-again, off-again year or yeah. every other year or every couple years. And that's why you haven't seen it until now is that uh, it, they've just been in those off years. And there's really nothing you can do about it. It's a, it's a, no, freak it's of, it's a force of nature, and it's the, the factors in play to cause it to have an on year. And this is that on year. So deal with it. Uh, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Just, you know, you have to deal with it because you can't do anything about it. Yeah. I had a neighbor uh, when I used to live over by Emory where we had some of those years. And they were they were an elderly couple, but they would get out there with their shop vac. That's exactly what I And they would vacuum those bad boys up. The first year in my house, I thought, I, I can't handle this. This mm-hmm. is too many acorns. And everyone walking on our walkway, I was worried about little <laughs> kids tripping and falling. I got out there with the shop vac and the neighbors looked at me like I was crazy. It was... I was so desperate. Well, the only thing I I'm sure do. that's the look I had for my neighbor because she looked at me like, why are you looking at me like I'm crazy? Mm-hmm. But I just thought about the millions of acorns and the how much, how many can a shop back hold? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're, you're emptying it quite often. But <laughs> right. I'd rather have that than yeah. the little. Well, then you end up pulling year. millions of seedlings out of the ground. Who wants to do that? No. Although you can mow them over and you eventually wear them down. Mine grow up right in the juniper. So I have this pretty dark green juniper and then these bright green, ugly little yeah. oak guys that come up. So, yeah. Sorry, Miriam. That, yeah. I mean, we, we have an answer for you. It's probably not the preferred one. But, yeah. But better luck next year, maybe, like you said, when they go in it cycles will be. like that. You look forward to next year because you won't have this issue next year, I'm betting. Thank you for the call, Miriam. Up next, Jim from Atlanta. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. What can we do for you today? Well, I'm here in Castleberry Hill, uh, and I've been looking for, and I I looked on the Internet and found out that it, it is an herb, but I can't find a picture of it, and I can't find where I could buy the plant. I don't know where you can Neither, buy it. Yeah, neither one of us. Ha, is have you called around yet? Uh, no, uh, it might be related to Chasteberry. Oh, does that okay. give a clue to anybody? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know where you get it. I would definitely, definitely, we want to call Pike, right? Right. Well, I, I say I've tried on the internet, and yeah. uh, people who specialize in herbs, uh, but. I haven't called them, but I have looked on the Internet, and it doesn't seem to come up. What are you looking to grow it for? Well, it's the name of our neighbor. Well, mm-hmm. the, it was actually named for a person, the neighborhood was. But I'd like to, uh, if it is something we can propagate, I'd like to, you know, have some planted around the neighborhood and whatever, if it'll even grow here. I, honestly, I'm not familiar with the plant. I don't I don't know. I wish I knew the other names. I know you mentioned one, but I just nothing... That isn't enough information for me to connect to what that is. Cause I, well, you're supposed to know everything. <laughs> well, no, let me tell you this. This is what I love about gardening. As much as you know, you don't know it all. Mm-hmm. You always are learning. And, I mean, Mike Durr and Alan Armitage and Walter and, you know, all the gurus, they're I still learning. I think at least once a week Walter admits that there's some point no in the show where he's like, oh, I didn't know that, or, or I'll have to try that. You know, well, so. you guys, what fun are you guys? Oh. <laughs> oh, we're a lot of fun, but that's part of the fun is picking on us when we you know, we need some help. So Chaseberry, as you mentioned, Vitex is what it's more commonly oh, known as. Chase folks. Tree. Now, okay, Chase now tree. Chase Tree is Vitex mm-hmm. agnus cassis, mm-hmm. but that's a that's a shrub. That's a large shrub. Yeah. Well, the Chaseberry, what I've found is uh, some kind of the herb itself is useful for some kind of women's uh, disorders or whatever, and the hmm. uh, castleberry is related to it when I see anything at all. But I've never seen a picture, 
and they don't see where you could ever buy it. Yeah, start start with Pike Nursery, Jim, because there are so many people there mm. that are very knowledgeable on that, and, and they may even direct you to the Extension office, and you can go to extension.uga.edu to find contact information there, and there may be more specialized folks who would know okay. a little bit so more. So do I get some brownie points for... Uh, stomping you <laughs> i think that joe and i leave your address with the screener and we will come trick-or-treat at your house tonight how does that sound <laughs> i'll i'll hold my breath waiting to see my complexion <laughs> oh gosh don't do that keep breathing keep breathing well jim thank you thank you for stumping us but thank you for the call i'm sorry we weren't of more help call us back next saturday walter will be back i'll be here but i i'm very curious to know what you find okay thank thanks you. jim have a good one 404-872-0750 is the number. All right, we're headed to Jim's house tonight. You didn't have any plans, Joe, did you? I, I got to guard the candy, remember? No, that's right. Oh, no. Okay, yeah, Jim, Jim will show up at some point. <laughs> All right, up next, Karen from Alpharetta. Hi, Karen. Hey, I was calling because I have, uh, first of all, I've got a very old um, dogwood tree, and the trunk is covered in moss. And then I've got some, like, sweet gum trees in the other end of my yard that have moss only on one side. Does this indicate that the tree is sick, or is there anything I should do about it? Uh, do you mean lichen? Do, do you know? Do you mean lichen? I don't. No, it's, it's green moss. moss. It's like the same stuff that grows in okay. my yard. Okay. Okay. Just checking. Uh, in either case, uh, no, you're you're okay. It's just the the. The conditions on the bark, I guess, are favorable to moss, uh, but it's not. No weakness in the tree. Oh, okay. Because somebody had told me if there's moss on your tree, it means you need to cut it down. And I really didn't want to. Cut I wouldn't it indict down. the tree just because of that. Yeah, right. moss is okay. such a benign. Um, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. You don't see more on the it ground than on the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's character for the dogwood. Now, dogwoods are relatively short lived, so it you know it may be a precursor of things to come. But uh-huh. you know, if it's on sweet gum, sweet gums live for like forever. So obviously, yeah. I mean, are yeah, you near a creek that. bed or some shady place or kind of more of a low line you know lot that you live on? I have a lot of shade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's the, the ideal would, conditions for moss. Yeah, the dogwood has struggled for years, but it's been in the lot. The house is thirty years old, and it was it was in the lot when the house was built. Wow, but Joe, thirty years—that's a long time for a dogwood. Oh, so if the tree looks like it's dying to me, it might just be coming to the end of its lifespan. It it may be. You'll start seeing limbs that don't produce foliage like the others do, and uh, yeah. higher up in the canopy and so forth. So there'll be yeah, telltale signs. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Karen. Okay. Drive safe. 404-872-0750. We're going to step out to check news, weather, and traffic. And stay tuned. In just under 10 minutes, we'll be giving away the McDonald's weekend prize pack, plus more of your questions. Stay tuned. I'm Ashley Frasca. This is Lawn and Garden on WSB. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Very spooky music on this Halloween Saturday. Thank you, Scott Maxim. All right, a weather update. It is not scary. Brought to you by Ackerman Security. 
systems, Atlanta and the Metro in for good weather today. Skies above will be cloudy, bringing Halloween gloom to us all, but witches have nothing to fear. No rainfall. Highs this afternoon in the upper 60s tonight. Rain moves into the Metro. There are overnight lows dropping into the mid-50s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast coming up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Before we jump to calls, Joe, I want to give away the McDonald's weekend prize pack. We do that for our listeners every Saturday. So I'm going to have you be thinking of a number. I'm going to just copy Walter and think of a number between two and seven. Okay. Think about it. And we'll give away four tickets to the Great American RV Show November 4th through the 8th at the Georgia International Horse Park out in Conyers. Four tickets to the Atlanta Gladiators game at the Gwinnett Arena. And two tickets to the movie The 33 at Atlantic Station. That's on November 10th. And the person will call 404 741 7500 is that right 404-741-7500 and joe who does who is the recipient of the prize pack i don't know yet but whoever the fifth caller is is the recipient all right caller number five to the prize line here on wsb and we have time for a quick call from aldi is that right aldi incoming yes correct hi what can we do for you uh yes i am uh calling about i've heard Briefly, you talking that he mentioned the uh, raised gardens mm-hmm. uh, earlier. I have some raised garden that I put in a couple of years ago, and uh, among other things, I planted some watermelons that the kids wanted to do. Mm. And uh, the year before, once they get started to get a little big, they would split. The watermelons would split open, and uh, bugs get in, and of course, they were done. Mm-hmm. But then uh, I read somebody told me, and I also read that too much water, but in the raised garden, they had good drainage. So I tried again this year with a little less water, which uh, didn't work either. They started to do that as soon as they would get uh, a little big. So I'm just wondering what I should do for next year. Well, uh, it is it, typically the reason they split, same thing with tomatoes and other fruit, is that there's too much pressure from the amount of water in the fruit, and something's got to give. And the other thing with watermelon, it can be excessive heat buildup inside of the fruit itself can also cause enough pressure to in combination with moisture, cause the skin to split. So those would be the two primary factors. First would be water and then heat. Mostly water, though. That's how you learn from your mistakes. You observe, as Aldi did, really pay attention to what's going on in the garden. Ask the right questions and you'll be able to solve the problems. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Joe. All right, more of your calls coming up for the last hour of the Lawn and Garden Show on WSB, followed by the Home Fix-It Show that runs until 11.30 today. And then Bulldog pregame kickoff 3.30, 3.30, 11, well, 11.30 first pregame, 3.30 the kickoff, all of that coming up all afternoon. It's a Bulldog Saturday here on WSB. The black box, the little goose is dead.